Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hello, everybody. I am your humble host. And today, once again, we have a special guest. And this special guest, if you haven't heard about her, she's all over the news, she's world famous, world class, she is none other than my daughter, Faith. Hello. Hi, Faith. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for joining me again. You're welcome. From your busy, busy schedule. Okay, yes, I have a a very busy schedule. I know that, you know, you took some time out to come and join this podcast and i appreciate it thank you and you're welcome okay so for those of you that are new to this podcast what we do is we talk about the top five articles that i find interesting that uh, happened in tech this past week so i guess without further ado let's check out this first article what do you say faith i say we should get to it yeah get to it get her done huh yeah get her done before it is done before it's bedtime. Oh, I've got. I've almost forgot to say. Uh, t- yeah, the date today is October twenty third, twenty nineteen. I almost forgot that. You're supposed to remind me. Uh, sorry. Okay. I Next time, remind yes. me. Yes, I'll. Okay. So this first article, Faith. Yeah. Is this gentleman was being not so nice to this Tesla vehicle out on the road? Oh no! What's gonna happen? So I, people. Don't do this, especially to Teslas or anybody that has a dash cam on their on their vehicle. But Teslas, what they're using is they're using all the cameras on their vehicle to monitor uh, the area around the vehicle. So if fools like this, if they're, if they're going to mess with your car, you're going to get them on video, face and all, and the time and everything. And that's what happened with this guy. Yeah, you're going to show it to the police and tell them what happened. You're gonna, yeah, take it to the police. You're going to let, say, hey, look, this guy, he jacked up my car. Yeah. Arrest him. Yeah, arrest him, please, because that car was very expensive when it was a Hellcat. No, this is not a Hellcat. Oh, no. But it's still expensive. Yeah, like, a lot of these cars are very expensive, so if you damage it, you're going to have to get a new one, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Get your money ready. Yeah, this this guy, right? He that messed with the car. Yeah, tell him to get his money right. Tell him to get his pocketbook out. But he probably doesn't have any money though. He looks like he has money. He looks very stylish. In that in that type of attire, <laughs> that outfit. It's like he got that at Goodwill. Yeah, like Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't even afford to go to Walmart. This crazy, crazy fool. So this article comes to us from Electric.co. 
And the article's title is Tesla Vandal Turns Himself In After Seeing Sentry Mode Video Online. So for those of you that are watching the podcast, you can see it says Tesla Vandal and it's got a picture of the video. So the article states that another Tesla Vandal has turned himself in after a Sentry Mode video of the act of vandalism went viral online. He said that it was a quote-unquote stupid and had nothing against Tesla. Pfft, yeah, right. <laughs> Tesla's entry mode, which is an integrated surveillance system inside Tesla's vehicles using the autopilot cameras around the car, has been changing the game when it comes to vandalizing parked cars. Earlier this week, we reported on two instances of Tesla's entry mode catching people key Model 3 cars in Canada. One of those happened to be Model 3 owner Goodwin Lung in Edmonton. Wherever that is. Sentry Mode caught a man in sunglasses getting out of a pickup, walking up to his car, and keying the side before going back in his truck and leaving. <sighs> Crazy. Why would, why would people do that? I don't know. Yeah. So scrolling down, we got a we got a video. Let's you want to check out the video for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is what happened. Okay. So we got his truck pulling up. There's not going to be any sound to this video because it's just using the. The camera's not, okay. the, not, there's no audio. Okay, let's see. So the truck's pulling up. See, it's behind the Tesla. Okay. This fool's getting out of his car. Why would he do it? He's doing it on purpose. Look at, he's looking around. Make sure he's looking all cool. Yeah, trying to look all cool. Yeah, look at. Looking around. And then. <gasps> no. Look at, he's looking back. Did I do enough? Did I do it enough? He goes back. Okay. What is he doing? Oh, no. And he gets in his truck. What? 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 And he drives off. Stupid, huh? What? All that for that? All that for nothing? Why? Why would you do such a thing? Yeah. Faith. Yeah, that's the video. What? That's it, Faith. That was what? it. That was strange, huh? That was strange. That was weird. Because he was walking over there. He got in his car, looking around, looking at it like he's all cool. Then he went back, and then he saw these other cars, and then just turned around, and then went back in his car. And took off. What? I don't know. People are crazy. Maybe he did it, like, maybe he actually kicked the car, but nobody saw it. I don't know. Mm, well, you could see his feet. Yeah. I didn't see him kick the car. I see, him, I see him key the car. Yeah. Which is, well, which one's worse? Which one do you think is worse? Kicking the car or keying the car? Kicking the car because it damages the car. Well, keying the car does too. Yeah. It's a big scratch. Yeah, you just like, like, like. Have you ever had your car key, kicked in or keyed, Faith? No. I know you're seven years old, but. I don't have a car yet. Oh, you don't have a car yet? No. No. Okay. Until I'm older enough. You're not, you're not old enough? Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to your dad. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. So, so the article continues to state that, as we reported at the time, the license plate is unfortunately not visible to the Tesla sensory mode video. But it does show the vandal's face somewhat clearly despite him wearing sunglasses. We said that the owner would have to rely on the public to find a man, and after we posted the video, it received over 50,000 hits. What? 50,000. That's good. Good. Now the police report that Austin G 
grab bags. Grab bags. Well, I'm not. <laughs> it's. Uh, don't say it, Faith. It's, it sounds like a bad word. Okay, uh, I won't. 20, 20 years old has come forward to turn himself in after seeing the video online. What a last name. Don't say it, Faith. Don't say it. It's a bad word. He has been charged with one count of mischief over the act of vandalism. The 20-year-old said that he was frustrated after a car cut him off and he thought it was the Model 3 might have been the same car. I wasn't thinking. I made a stupid mistake. Yeah, yeah, you made a stupid mistake. Jeez, people. The Edmonton man said that he saw the video online and became overcome with disappointment and embarrassment. <laughs> man, this is, this is his parents. I wonder if his parents are proud. I, I would not be proud if you do that, Faith. Don't do that. I will never do that. Don't do that, Faith. That's not, that's not right. He added that he doesn't have anything against Tesla and he regretted doing it right away. Tesla's sentry mode was first developed to address the growing problem with break-ins that Tesla owners were dealing with, especially in California, but it's now proving useful in other situations. Several Tesla owners have captured instances of vandalism on their cars with this feature. Earlier this month, we reported on the case of Alan Tweedy's Tesla Model 3 being keyed badly by a woman for seemingly no reason while he was at his daughter's soccer game. The Tesla Sentry Mode video of her keying the car went viral and she ended up turning herself in. There was also another similar incident involving two men who ended up turning themselves in earlier this year and now a new incident in Canada becomes a third example of vandals turning themselves in because of Sentry Mode. While Tesla Sentry Mode is useful to capture those instances and pressure the vandals, the hope is that the feature get publicized enough for people to be less inclined to vandalize Tesla vehicles in the first place. So in order for a sentry mode to work on a Tesla, you need a few accessories. We recommend a Jada's Model 3 hub and... Okay. So you, so coming right out of the box, I mean, I, the, these Teslas, they're the top of the line. These aren't just the, the basic Teslas. You got to have some serious lane departure uh, technology in these cars, right? Mm-hmm and um, autopilot technology. So these cameras, they look around the entire car and they look at the like like the lane, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's able to stay, keep in your lane, you know, stay in your lane and not move, you know, hit other cars, this, that, and the other. So it's a cool technology, but it's, but it's even better that Tesla is now allowing their users to use this for security purposes as well. I mean, it does say that you need some extra, you know, technology, like extra, what does it say, a USB hub and some other stuff. Of course, you need um, a portable SSD to save the footage onto, but but hey, it it's pre-installed. What do you think about that, Faith? Mm. Complicated? Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. You mean to tell you something else that's pretty complicated? What? It's our next article. Oh, no. So, but you're going to learn something today. Yeah. Yeah? Learn something new. Yeah, like learn something new that you never know. That's what's called learning something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about our second article. Okay. This article is coming to us from TechCrunch.com. Tech Crunch. Tech Crunch. What? It's just a name. Just a name. Yeah, like handsome gadgets. Yeah. Just a name. You don't like Tech Crunch? No, it's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay? Yeah. Well, okay. So the article from TechCrunch.com 
which Faith doesn't like, uh, says NordVPN confirms that it was hacked. It was hacked, Faith. What? You know what hacked means? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let me explain something to you. Okay. So whenever you're, you're hacked, that means that somebody goes into your data, goes into your information that's not supposed to. So what, what's particularly interesting about this hack is this is a hack to NordVPN. You know what a VPN is? No. Okay, a VPN is a virtual private network. I believe that's what it stands for. Okay. But basically what it does is it allows your computer to connect to that and then the, the, the network connects to wherever you're looking. So it's like a barrier. It's like a, like a safety barrier, like, like a wall that uh, protects you from people trying to get your information, people trying to get your, your name, your phone number, your address, anything on your phone or your computer. So it's, it, it's a way to protect yourself. Mm. Especially, I know, Faith, I know you like to go to Starbucks. Yes, I love to. You, okay. Did you know Starbucks has free Wi-Fi? No. Do you know what Wi-Fi is? Yes, I know what Wi-Fi okay, is. Okay, good. You know what Wi-Fi is. So Starbucks offers free Wi-Fi. But what's not so good about that is anybody can connect to that Wi-Fi. Anybody can, can connect to that network as long as they're close enough to be there. So, like, you know, when we go to Starbucks and we're sitting down, we're having some coffee. You're having, what, what are you having? Frappuccino. Frappuccino. Faith's having a Frappuccino. She's having a good time. We're just enjoying each other's company. And, you know, you, you, the Internet's there. And so you, you, you log on to your computer and... Anybody else that's logged into that same, they can they can hack into your to your computer at Starbucks. What? Yeah, and so that's that's where this the VPN comes into play. That's why it's important to have one. But man, they got hacked. What? So it's like nothing is safe. I don't know what we're gonna do, Faith. What are we going to do? I know. Gotta pray for to our lucky stars that we don't get hacked. Yeah, I don't. Ask want the Lord to. for some help. So anyway, so back to the article, Faith. Okay. Okay. So you wanna you wanna read some of the article? Sure. Sure. Okay. Let's let's scroll down. Go for it, Faith. Nerd of the. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll read it. It's not nerd. <laughs> You're a nerd. I'm a nerd. Am no. I? No. Okay. NordVPN, a virtual private network provider that promises to protect your privacy online has confirmed that it was hacked. The admission comes following rumors that the company has been breached. It first emerged that the NordVPN had expired internal private key exposed, potentially allowing anyone to spin out of their own servers imitating NordVPN. VPN providers are increasingly popular as they obstinately, well, I don't know that word, uh, provide privacy from your internet provider and visiting sites about your internet browsing traffic. That's why journalists and activists often use these services, particularly when they're working in hostile states. These providers channel all of your internet traffic through an one encrypted pipe, making it more difficult for anyone on the internet to see which site you are visiting or which apps you are using. But often that means displacing your browsing history from your internet provider to your VPN provider. That's left many providers open to scrutiny as often is not clear if each provider is logging in each site the user visits. 
For its part, NordVPN has claimed the zero logs policy. We don't track, collect, or share your private data, the company says. But the breach is likely to cause alarm that hackers may have been in a position to access some users' data. NordVPN told TechCrunch that one of its data centers was accessed in March 2018. One of the data centers in Finland we are renting our servers from was accessed with no authorization, said NordVPN spokesperson Laura Tyrell. The attacker gained access to the server, which has been active for about a month, by exploiting an insecure remote management system left by the data center provider. NordVPN said it was unaware that such a system existed. NordVPN did not name the data center provider. The server itself did not contain any user activity logs. None of our applications send user-created credentials for authentication. So usernames and passwords couldn't have been intercepted either, said the spokesperson. On the same note, the only possible way to abuse the website traffic was by performing a personalized and complicated man-in-the-middle attack to intercept a single connection that tried to access NordVPN. According to the spokesperson, the expired private key could not have been used to decrypt the VPN traffic on any other server. NordVPN said that it found out about the breach about a few months ago, but the spokesperson said that the breach was not disclosed until today because the company wanted to be 100% sure that each component within our infrastructure is secure. Well, that's nice to care about security mm -hmm. after they've been hacked. Mm. <laughs> a senior security researcher we spoke to who reviewed the statement and other evidence of the breach, but asked not to be named as they work for a company that requires authorization to speak to the press, called these findings troubling. While this is unconfirmed and we await further forensic evidence, this is an indication of a full remote compromise of the provider's systems, the security researcher said. That should be deeply concerning to anyone who uses or promotes these particular services. NordVPN said no other server on its network has been affected. But the security researcher warned that NordVPN was ignoring the larger issue of the attacker's possible access across the network. Your car was just stolen and taken on a journey ride, and you're quibbling about which buttons were pushed on the radio, the researcher said. The company confirmed that it had installed intrusion detection systems, a popular technology that com that companies used to detect earlier breaches, but no one could know about the undisclosed remote management system left by the data center provider, said the spokesperson. NordVPN said it disputes this. We treat VPN servers as untrusted in the rest of our infrastructure. It's not possible to get access to other VPN servers, users database or any other server from a compromised VPN server, said the spokesperson. They spent millions on hats, but apparently nothing on effective defensive security, the researcher says. NordVPN was recently recommended by TechRadar and PCMag, CNET, described as its favorite VPN provider. It also believed to be several other VPN providers that may have breached around the same time. Similar records posted online, as seen by TechCrunch, suggest that TorGuard and Viking VPN may have also been compromised. A spokesperson for TorGuard told TechCrunch that a single server was compromised in 2017, but denied that any VPN traffic was accessed. TorGuard also put out an extensive statement following a May blog post, which first revealed the breach. So all that 
to say that this was not good faith. This wasn't good. Yeah. It's not good for any company to have to experience this. And these people out there that are on the web trying to access personal information, it's like, man, get a real job, right? Yeah, get a real job that you yeah. actually work at for you. Yeah. Not like the other people. That's stealing. That's stealing. You're stealing other people's job. Money. It could be money, stealing information. It's it's bad, Faith. What do we do? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I know we talked about something bad. A couple of bad things that are happening, but you want to talk about something good? Yes, I want to talk about something good. Maybe something that I don't know, you might want for maybe Christmas? Ooh, Christmas. Christmas is, well, what do we got coming up? We got uh, Halloween. Halloween. We got Halloween. We got, I think, Christmas. Well, you forgot the one in the middle. What's 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 the holiday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Then uh, Christmas. Then Christmas. And then, let's see. Uh, New Year's. Happy New Year's. Yeah, be happy New Year's. <laughs> And then, let's see. Okay, okay. We're, we're getting beyond ourselves. That That's the holiday season right there. That's the holiday in a nutshell. Okay? Okay. Any, anything beyond that? Easter, you know, 4th of July, that, that's, that's, that's down the road. That's next year, Faith. Yeah, that's next year. That's, that's next. until a long, 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 long. That's 2020 next year. What? 2020. We're in 2019, so we're going in 2020. You're speechless. <laughs> Okay, so so let's go into our third article, and this is coming to us from Digital Trends. We're talking about the Bose Portable Home Speaker. We're talking about its review. The review Ooh. says, great sound anywhere, because it's portable. What? Yeah, the speaker's portable. You can take it anywhere. That is very nice. It runs. Run, jogs, like on a stroll. Stroll at the park. Yeah. You like going to the park, don't you? Yeah, I love going to the park. Yeah. Climbing trees. Yeah. Jumping off like, of trees. Yeah. That's dangerous. Oh, okay. You don't do that? No, well, I that's... do not do that. Oh, okay. A lot of my friends, like, climb on trees. Mm, with all them bugs. <sighs> mm. Okay, well, let's get back. Let's get back to the article. So, like I said, Digital Trends has this article. I got this review on the Bose Portable Home Speaker. Um, What do you think about its design, Faith, from... I'm just looking at I it. I think it's nice. It's kind of looks like a like a lantern, huh? Yeah, like a lantern. Like you, know, you got this handle right here. You can take it. Um, you know, Bose Bose knows, right? Yeah. Bose knows how to make uh, a good sounding speaker. Yeah. I so, really like what was that? I really like it. You like it? Looks right. nice. Well, so uh, we got a little four out of five scar scars. <laughs> we got a four out of five stars. Not scars. Positive things, very portable, high sensitivity mics, great 360 degree sound. It's got Alexa and Google Assistant. And AirPlay 2? Yeah? Well, I don't know what that is. You know what that is? No, I do not want to. Nope. Might be an Apple thing. Yeah, probably an Apple. Probably. That's why we, we don't know what it is. Yeah. But the negative, let's talk about the negative. Limited app features. Missing some mid-range, and not ideal for Android. What? Well, then we should stop. If it's not ideal for Android, I don't want to talk about it, Faith. Yeah, because we love our Android. We love our Android. 
But we we love we love the the audience too, right? Yeah, we love the audience. Yeah, we love the the fans. Yes. So maybe the fans want to know about this. Yes. So maybe we should continue on. Yeah, we we need to continue. We need to press forward, press through, even though we don't want to do it. Yeah. So you know, Bose, you're gonna pay a premium price, right, Faith? Mm-hmm. You're not. It's not gonna be at the dollar store. And according to this little uh, doodad right here, this little button uh, saying that it's 349 bucks. That's a lot of money. That's that's more than the Switch I bought you. Yeah, there's more than that. More than this. So. What? But the, well, let's see what the article says. Yes. So the article says that we've only just started to see the first wireless speakers that were designed to easily transition from whole home Wi-Fi component to go anywhere battery powered Bluetooth Nomad. But Bose has already laid claim to this turf with its $350 Bose Portable Home Speaker. It's light, it has a built-in handle, it can deal with the elements and the occasional bump or tumble. It's even a full-fledged smart speaker. But does it have the kind of sound quality and convenience we've come to expect from the Bose brand? Well, here's the review. So it says, good to go. And let's be honest. You're never going to hear the amazing sound come out of the speaker that's small enough to fit in your purse. Size matters when it comes to the sound quality. So the challenge when creating a portable speaker is to make it small enough to be portable, yet big enough that it sounds great. Yet not so big that you don't want to take it with you. <laughs> Bose absolutely nails this balancing act. The portable home speaker feels far lighter than its 2.3 pounds suggests and convenient fabric-wrapped handle begs to be grabbed on the way out the door. Available in both black or white, the white version looks a little like the Google Home smart speaker on steroids. However, with an IPX4 rating, it only looks like it belongs on a shelf. Before using the portable home speaker, I thought that the handle might bug me when not toting it from place to place. But in fact, the opposite has turned out to be true. It's a constant reminder that I can take my tunes with me anywhere, even if it's just to another room. All the controls are easily accessed on the top of the surface. They're physical buttons that sit beneath a thin silicone membrane, which keeps the elements out, but also provides a smooth tactile feel. As much as I appreciate the way the touch controls allow for seamless surfaces, nothing beats physical buttons that you can use at a glance. The grippy rubber ring on the bottom of the speaker gives it plenty of traction. Can it handle some abuse? As bad luck would have it, I accidentally dropped it from a height of about 5 feet onto paving stones. The portable home speaker survived only with a tiny cosmetic scratch on the top edge. So scrolling down, we got a picture. It looks like the bottom of it, the base, circular. Yeah, I see the scratch. I see the scratch. It's right over there. You just got to go all the way off. Oh, oh, you're right, Faith. Man, these these uh, brand new eyes, they're really uh, working out for you. <laughs> Not my old eyes. <laughs> it looks dusty. It looks dirty. Well, it looks used. I'm yeah, sure. It looks used. It looks like it went everywhere with him. on field trips, like to a hotel or something. Probably. He an said airplane? Airplane, yeah. A big house? He's got a big house? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe he lives in a shack. That's the only speaker he has. I don't know. But you see at the bottom? Yeah. Let, let's see. Can you guess that input right there? I think it's the, the UPS. UPS? UPS. UPS? 
USB type cable. Type what? Uh, plug. Faith, come on! I'm putting you on the spot. You told me this before. What's my favorite cable? USB type three. Not three. C. It's okay. Next time. Yes. Next time. I forgot my words. Yeah, I know. Got a little uh, starstruck, huh? Yeah. Like camera shy. So how does the speaker sound? You will not be disappointed, according to this article. Bose has repeated its formula of extracting every ounce of acoustic performance from a very small package. The portable home speaker can easily fill a room with detailed music, especially in the high and low frequencies. Bass is present in a way that makes you look twice at the speaker that's producing it, but it never overwhelms. It offers warmth and depth without getting boomy. A boomy. The highs are crystal clear. When indoors, they tend to make themselves felt a bit more than you would expect. But this is actually beneficial when you take the speaker outside where it has to compete with a variety of other sounds. I place the portable home speaker in all kinds of places around the house. In bookshelves, on coffee tables, even hung it from an overhead pot rack in the kitchen. Why not? Isn't that what the handle's for? Ha ha ha. Regardless of location, the speaker's 360-degree sound disparation kept audio quality remarkably even. You can't get stereo out of it, but the expansive mono performance is so good, you might not miss it. It's not perfect. It lacks definition in the mid-range, making it less ideal for critical listening of certain genres of music. Classical and jazz come to mind. But this isn't surprising given its tiny footprint. It's also not a deal breaker in my opinion, giving its other many strengths. Impressively, audio quality hardly suffers at all when connected over Bluetooth. Good news for both frequent travelers and Android users. So a little bit down, we got a picture of it on top. What do we got here, Faith? We got uh looks the like speaker microphone uh, off. We got the volume. The volume. We got the pause and play pause. The power button right there. Uh-huh. Bluetooth. And I'm guessing that probably uh, this button right here probably accesses your um, Alexa or uh, Google Assistant. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing. What do you think? I think that looks good because it got another speaker up there. Well, I don't think that's a speaker. I think that's the microphone. Oh, the microphone. All them, all them holes so that it can hear. Because if, it, if it's a smart speaker, then it's got to be able to listen to what you're telling it. Yeah. I asked Faith if she wanted to talk about this article, and she was like, yeah, yeah. Because you thought the speaker looked cool, huh? Yeah. It yeah. looks really cool. But you didn't know about the price, though. No, I did. Yeah. Did you, did you save up any money from last week's uh, you know, podcast? No? You're, no. you're a few dollars short of uh, buying the speaker? Yeah, I had two dollars, but he spent two. Oh. So you got nothing? No. Hmm. I'm nothing. Well, maybe we'll try again next week. Okay, Faith? When in Wi-Fi mode, the portable home speaker can now play host to a choice of voice assistant, Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa. Either way, the microphone array sits atop the speaker will hear your commands with impressive accuracy. I sat the speaker within inches of Google Home Mini, and every time I uttered, hey, blah, 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 the Bose speaker was the first to respond, both visually with the confirmation light 
and by the Assistant's verbal reply. Adding to the portable home speaker to my Google Assistant app was a snap. I didn't test it with Alexa. Of course you didn't test it with Alexa. We like we like Google Assistant. We don't Yeah. Amazon, we, we enjoy, you know, the shipping. We enjoy the two-day, one-day shipping fast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they sell everything. Yeah. But Alexa, mm-hmm. not that much of a fan. App or AirPlay 2. When you're not at home or anywhere that there's an available Wi-Fi network, the Bose Music app for iOS and Android is the key to setting up and controlling the portable home speaker. The simple, well-organized interface gives you fast access to music service and lets you keep tabs on the speaker's battery through a small floating button that encircles a photo of the speaker with the battery life indicator ring. If you have multiple Bose smart speakers, these can be grouped for a sync play within the app. A planned update will also let you stereo pair two portable home speakers. Unfortunately, when it comes to actual music control, the Bose Music app is limited. You can play music stored in your device from within the app or on your local home network, whether in iTunes or on a NAS drive. There are no playlist or queue management functions outside of what your individual music service offers. That means no way to mix and match tracks from different services like Amazon Music and Spotify. There is also no way to search all of your music from a single search page. Bose's way of dealing with the restrictions with the Bose Music app is simple. Apple AirPlay 2 compatibility. It's true. On an iOS device, you can choose any music management app you wish. From Apple Music to Spotify to Plex or anything else. But this is cold comfort for Android users like myself and Faith. As AirPlay 2 only works from iOS devices. Boo. Boo. Android users will have to make do with the Bose Music's app limited feature set. Only if you're a Spotify premium member, the Spotify Connect options work too. Otherwise, you have to fall back to lame old... No, that's not what it says. <laughs> you have to fall back to Bluetooth. <laughs> basic, basic Bluetooth. So, what do you think about this picture, Faith? We got a picture of the Bose speaker. It's looking a little wet. Yeah. Like they hosed it off. Is it waterproof? Well, it's not waterproof, but it's water resistant. So it, it could take a, a few showers. I mean, you know, you're going to take it out in the wilderness. Yeah. You know, it could rain. And you're not going to dunk it in your tub. Yeah. You're not going to dump it in the lake. No. Because if you do that, maybe you, you, know, you won't get it back. And you, yeah. That'd yeah. be long gone. It'd be long gone. It won't work. Yeah. And three hundred fifty bucks. Bye. Bye. Let's that's uh so it's got permanent power? Permanent power? What? I don't get it. How could it be permanent? Well, let's let's continue on the article. So Bose claims a twelve hour battery life for the portable home speaker. And I reckon that that's accurate as long as you're not listening to it at full volume. When you turn the speaker on, a voice will tell you the battery level which is very convenient. When left turned on, the speaker will drop into a low power standby mode after no music has played for a while. But it can still respond to the voice request over Wi-Fi and remains available over Bluetooth or AirPlay 2. You'll get about 30 hours or so in this mode, after which the speaker will shut down. 
To conserve battery, you can simply switch it all the way off. Having a battery-powered speaker is super convenient, but what happens when the battery can no longer hold a charge? Bose says you should get more than six years of normal use out of the portable home speaker's power cell. But after all, you'll have to rely on its USB-C power cord as the battery is not user replaceable. But at least it's got USB-C. Yeah. Okay. So the speaker comes with a USB-C cord and a power adapter, and you can buy an optional $29 charging cradle. Unlike the Sonos Move, which has a strict power requirements, you can charge the portable home speaker from virtually any USB Type-C source. So their take, their final assessment. $350 Bose portable home speaker manages to balance portability, ruggedness, sound quality, and smart speaker feature in a single well-designed product. Though Bose Music Companion app lacks the features and sophistication of a Sonos product, if you spend most of your music listening time streaming from a single subscription service, this might not bother you at all. With an impressive 360-degree sound quality that bellies its diminutive size and design that encourages you to take the portable home speaker everywhere you go, it's a superb add-on to other Bose smart speakers. For some, it may be the only speaker you need. So, I mean, that about wraps up this article. You got any final thoughts to say about the speaker? Um, well, I thought it was going to be like like the thing that would blow your mind. No. I like some of the stuff, but like for that is $350. Bose is a very reputable brand and they've been making speakers since when I, you know, I was a kid. That was a long time ago. So they know what they're doing, um, but they also, you know, focus on the premium, the audio file, the person that, you know, wants to hear the goods, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, people, 350 bucks, but, um, I guess let's move on to the next article. Yeah. Okay. So this next article is coming to us from BGR.com and you know, the, the pixel four was just announced last week, faith or earlier this week. And I don't know if you you see it on the news. Uh, no, I no. Seen you haven't watched the news. No. 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 You haven't you haven't read your uh, articles. You didn't study this before we started the podcast. No. No. Okay. Well, I'll fill you in. Okay, Faith. Okay. So the Pixel Four was announced, but it's 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 a lot of money. Eight hundred dollars starting. Eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars, and it's like you know, That's Google, Google, like. Like I love my Pixel devices, but man, for that price, I I, I just little, I just can't it just I can't justify it, Faith. It's it's a little over too much. It's a little over too much, yeah. Yeah, it's way too expensive. Yeah, it's more than you got in your piggy bank. So yeah. anything more than Faith has in her piggy bank is just too dang high. It's too much. I don't even have stuff in my piggy bank. Exactly, exactly. We so can't even pay for it. It's crazy, isn't it? Wow. But then Google says, you know what? To all my my customers that are going to buy this Pixel 4, I'm going to, you know, add salt to the wound. And you know how they're going to do that? No. Google accidentally, according to this article, they admitted that iPhones are more valuable than Pixels. So their competition, they're saying their competition is more valuable than their own phone. Who does that? I don't even know who would do such a thing. Well, apparently Google is doing it. 
So, like I said, this article comes to us from BGR.com. Uh, it's saying that when the Google launched the Pixel line uh, two years ago, two things were clear. One, the Nexus phone replacement was going to be more expensive. Premium Android meant to deliver a high-end Android experience. And two, the Pixels would copy the iPhone. Fast forward to the Pixel 4 and things haven't really changed. Google may have introduced a cheaper Pixel phone earlier this year, but it doesn't compete with flagships. The high-end Pixel phones, Pixel 4 included, are still expensive. More expensive than the cheapest iPhones. And they're still copying features that Apple introduced years ago. To make matters worse, Google just told us it thinks iPhones are more valuable than its expensive Pixels, which is not a great message to send. So the article continues to state that if this sounds familiar, it's because Samsung pulled a similar move a few weeks ago while preparing to launch the Galaxy Note 10. At the time, Samsung acknowledged through its trade-in program that a two-year-old iPhone X is more valuable than the Galaxy S9. Fast forward to mid-October, now Google is running a trade-in program to make the Pixel 4 more affordable. And its program sends the same doggone message. If you happen to own a 128 gigabyte Pixel 3 XL, which sold for a thousand bucks originally, you'll get back $295. <laughs> Assuming it's in good working condition and the screen is not cracked, according to Android Central. The massive drop in value shouldn't be surprising for an Android phone. That's what happens, especially for a one-year-old Pixel phone. But Google will simultaneously award $395 for a two-year-old iPhone X and $600 for the iPhone XS Max, which launched last year, just a few weeks before the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL. Truth be told, no Pixel phone can really compete with the latest iPhone when it comes to specs. By the time the Pixel 4 launches in mid-October with a processor that has been in use since March, it will already be out of date. The Pixel 4 will have the same Snapdragon 855 chip that's in inside every 2019 flagship, while the iPhone 11 features an A13 processor, which worry have a real competition until Qualcomm's next CPU launches in 2020. However, Google's attitude towards its own devices sending a disturbing message that its premium phones can't and won't retain any value after a year and that you'd be better off seeking a Pixel 4 deal that involves a trade-in from a different store. Or better yet, wait a few months if you really want a cheaper Pixel 4 as the price is likely to drop via all sorts of limited deals as we get closer to the launch of a better iPhone 11 rivals. What's that emoji, Faith? Well, you know, you, you smack yourself in the face where you have the, like, the, oh, my goodness. You know, what, what is it called? Do you know? Um, I don't know what it's called. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know what you're talking about. I think this, that emoji, like, totally sums up what Google's doing. We still like the camera. The camera on these mm -hmm. phones are, are excellent, but, but it's, seriously... Last year, you pay $1,000, Faith. $1,000, right? To, to get the phone. Get the phone brand new, spanking right out of the box, right? And then a year later, it's worth less than $300. One year later. One year later, $3,000. Not $3,000, $300. 300 
It's just it's just amazing. I mean, I know technology is constantly moving and evolving and it's going speed of light, but seriously, come on, Google. Yeah. You got to do better than that. Yeah. You got to do better than that. So we're talking about the Pixel 4. Yeah. You know, it was announced. It's going to be released here pretty soon. And, you know, we had a bad article on it. And, well, can it compete? Can it? I mean, obviously it can't compete with, you know, these mm-hmm. previous, these older iPhones. Can it compete in price, for crying out loud? But... But the article that we're going to talk about next is can it compete with the with the OnePlus 7T? The OnePlus 7T? Yeah. I, I think I never heard about that phone. You don't? Faith. You never heard about it? I talk about it every day. <laughs> no. No? Oh, okay. No Sorry. Well, okay. So Faith does not listen to me whatsoever. Typical child, typical kid doesn't listen to her dad. Okay, well, I love the OnePlus phones. I love the Pixel phones. I love the camera on the Pixel phone, but I love the speed and the fluidity of the OnePlus phones. If I can morph them together, create a nice baby, that would be the perfect phone. Perfect phone. The perfect phone that everybody would like. Everybody would love, love, love with a capital L. Like, love it with all their heart. Hmm. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. So this article is coming to us from tomsguide.com. And it's saying, you know, can Google's camera outshine the 7T's value? What do you think, Faith? Can it outshine? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? Okay, well, let's, let's read the article. So we got a picture of the Pixel 4 on the left. Uh, we got a picture of the OnePlus 7T on the right. Those that are watching the podcast. Um, the article says that since debuting in 2016... Google's Pixel phones have tried to make their case as the go-to device for Android fans, like myself, like Faith. But it's been a challenge for the company to establish its Pixel as the best Android phone. Not only does Google have to compete against flagships from established players like Samsung for smartphone supremacy, it's also being challenged by up-and-comers like OnePlus with its lineup of more affordable phones promising premium features. That scenario is playing out again with the release of the Pixel 4, Google's latest phone. While Google can point to the pure Android experience, improved photo, and built-in smarts of the Pixel 4, it still goes on to make the case its latest hardware is better value than the less expensive OnePlus 7T and its array of impressive features. So can the Pixel 4 surpass the OnePlus 7T? which we think is the best smartphone value available right now. We'll need to finish evaluating Google's new phone to offer a true verdict, but for now, here's how the Pixel 4 and OnePlus 7T compare. So so, so the specs, so like like what the phone's packing, that's what they're comparing. They're comparing, you know, price, all that stuff. So starting price, Pixel 4, 799, right? 799. Starting price, Pixel 4 XL, 899, $900, okay? Starting price of OnePlus 7T, guess how much it is, Faith? $599. So what's less than the Pixel 4 and the Pixel 4 XL? What do you get? Display, Pixel 4, you get a 5.7-inch AMOLED display. The XL's got a 6.3-inch AMOLED display. And the OnePlus 7T's got a 6.55-inch AMOLED display. So which number's bigger, Faith? That one. You're right. The OnePlus. It's got a bigger screen and it costs less. Crazy. Yeah. 
CPU, Snapdragon 855 or Pixel 4, same with the XL. The OnePlus 17's got a 855 Plus. So was Plus better than no Plus? So so it was like, let me, let me put it to you this way. So was an A better than an A Plus? Uh, or was an A Plus better than an A? A plus is better. Than a plus is the top dog. And that's what this thing has. It's got a plus. So you know it must be better. Yes. Memory. Six gigabytes of RAM on the Pixel 4. Six gigabytes of RAM on the Pixel 4 XL. And eight gigabytes of RAM on the OnePlus 70. So bam, 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 bam. So, so far, the top four things we got going on, the OnePlus is beating it out. Hands down. So storage, we got 64 gigabytes and 120 gigabytes on all three devices. Those are even on all that. Micro SD card, no expansion on any one, so they're even again. Uh, rear cameras, we got a 12.2 inch main camera with an f1.7 aperture and a 16 megapixel telephoto camera or telephoto lens with the 2.4 uh, aperture on both the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL. The OnePlus has a 48 megapixel main uh, lens with a 1.6 aperture, 16 megapixel ultra wide lens with an f2.2 uh, aperture, and a 12 megapixel telephoto lens with an f2.2 aperture. So we got two lenses on the Pixel 4 and 4 XL. We got three lenses on the OnePlus 70. So which one's bigger, three or two? Uh, three. Three. Okay. So so bam. So man, OnePlus is really taking the cake. Yeah. Let's go on to the front camera. Front camera, 8 megapixels, 8 megapixels for the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL. So 8 plus 8 equals 16, which is what the OnePlus 7T has. A 16 megapixel front-facing camera. Ah, Pixel, Pixel. Google, Google, what are you doing here? Battery size, 2,800 milliamps for the Pixel 4, 3,700 milliamps for the Pixel 4 XL, and 3,800 milliamps for the OnePlus 7T. You, you catching the trend? You seeing the trend here, Faith? Yes. Battery life hours. So it's not tested for the Pixel devices. Uh, we get 8 hours and 47 minutes for the OnePlus device. Water resistance. Okay, this is where it's going to beat uh, the OnePlus. IP68 uh, water resistant uh, for the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL. There's no rating for the OnePlus. Size, we got... Uh, well, does size matter to you, Faith? No. No, not not so much. As long as you know it feels good in the hands. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let's see. Are we waiting or we're we talking about the weight? We're talking about the weight. The weight. Okay. How heavy the phones are. So we got the Pixel Four, five point seven ounces. We got the XL, the Pixel Four XL at the six point eight ounces, and the OnePlus at six point seven ounces. So it's a little bit lighter than the than the XL version. Colors, we got clearly white, just black, and oh, so orange on the Pixel devices. And on the OnePlus, we got frosted silver and glacier blue. So after going over these specs, Faith, what do you think? I mean, you think the Pixel 4 is going to be a good phone? You think it's better than the OnePlus phone? Mm, I think. You think? Well. Have you been paying attention this whole time? Yes, I've been paying attention. I've been like doing the numbers and saying like, okay, which one is the good? Which one is the good? Yeah, which one? Which one that you can actually buy and get? Let's see, well, because I think, other than the camera, Faith, other than the camera, 
the OnePlus is gonna be the phone to beat. Yeah, that one's a pretty nice one. Um, I like the colors very nice. Yeah. The colors very nice, but I don't know about the Pixel 4 color or the Pixel 4 XL. Hmm. I don't know about their colors. You don't know about their colors. Hmm. I like the white, but I don't know about the orange. Yeah. Orange isn't my fan. Not your favorite? No. I like orange, but you don't get orange in the OnePlus, so... Well, it is what it is, people, right? It is what it is, but... So, you know, I, I would continue on, Faith, but I know your flight's about to leave here pretty soon. Yeah. So I know you're tired. You you, you got a long flight back home. So um, is there any last thing you want to tell the people, tell the audience out in the handsome nation? Mm, well, thank you, Daddy, for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. And um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And thank you for watching. Yeah, watching, listening, wherever you're at in the world, we do appreciate you. Um, once again, if you want to check out more of my content, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash handsome gadgets. That's handsome gadgets. Also, those that want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me there with the handle handsome gadgets, of course. But uh, but until next week, you know, that about wraps it up. Right, Faith? Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Another good time? Yes, another good time. Another good time. All right, everybody. Well, thank you and have a good one. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.